This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Audio News Brief for Thursday, June 10th, 2010. The Ultimate Fighter 11 finale event is set uh, after last night's um, final two hours um, of action on Spike TV, and the uh, 28-man tournament is now down to two. Court McGee and Chris McRae, two fighters who uh, had to get a second chance uh, during their time on the show, uh, have made the finals and will face off for the title of Ultimate Fighter for Season 11. McGee submitted Brad Tavares uh, in the third round of their fight, and Chris McRae earned a decision over Josh Bryant, who had beat him uh, earlier in the season. Um, Court's only loss on the show was a majority decision in Nick in a fight that uh, most everyone watching Cage Side and Dana White included thought should have gotten a, a third round. Uh, it did not, and he ended up taking um, the place of an injured Rich Adonito, um to get back into the quarterfinals. And uh, he defeated James Hammertree by submission, and then did the same thing to Brad Tavares last night. So, uh, Court McGee makes his way there. Chris McCray uh, fought impressive five times uh, on his time on The Ultimate Fighter, and... Uh, by far a record for fights during the um, filming of the show. He lost initially, to, he was eliminated initially by Bryant, um, and then earned his, his way back in as uh, the first ever wild card fight winner. Um, him and Casey Escola were given a second chance, um, picked by the coaches and Dana White to um, earn a spot in, earn the eighth and final spot in the quarterfinals. He made the most of it. Um, submitting Casey Escola and then um, getting a victory over Kyle Noak in the quarterfinals um, before Bryant by decision. So uh, he made it even one and one against Bryant, and uh, he'll now face off against Court McGee. And what should be a uh, definitely a good middleweight final. Um, it's interesting how this fight will be taken because. Both fighters were eliminated during their time on the show, so for the first time in the Ultimate Fighter history, the winner is not going to be uh, completely undefeated throughout their time on the show. So uh, we'll, we'll see what type of reaction that gets out of the fans and, and how um, the winner is treated in the UFC going forward, but it should be a solid fight. Uh, some others that have been set up now for the Ultimate Fighter finale next Saturday. Uh, Jamie Yeager will take on Rich Atnito. Uh, Brad Tavares will take on Seth Basinski. Um, Chris Kamotzi is getting another shot in uh, the UFC uh, against James Hammertree. Um, Kamotzi uh, won his fight to get in the house, but suffered a broken jaw in the process and was not allowed to continue in the competition. And actually, Seth Basinski took his place. Um, so, uh, Kamozi's getting a shot against uh, Hammer Tree, and um, it, that, that's a, a good fight, and, and uh, I think it's uh, good for the UFC to give him a shot, considering he did earn his way into the house, um, but an injury kept him out of the competition. Jamie Yeager, fresh off of his quitting on the stool performance um, against Josh Bryant, will now uh, fight a, face off against Rich Antonito. Um, kind of a, an interesting choice, considering 
there are multiple guys in last night's episode clamoring for the chance to, to face off against him, and um, he had a lot of bad blood between a lot of the guys in the house, but um, he will end up taking on Adonito, who was forced out of the competition with an injury himself, um, so another fighter that was not eliminated uh, by losing a fight, and then the uh, Tavares fight against Pacinski should be a, a good one as well. Um, on top of that, Josh Bryant will face off with Kyle Noke. Noke was the uh, uh, early favorite in the tournament, um, and he was Chuck Liddell's number one pick. And he's a he was formerly the bodyguard for the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin, um, and probably one of the most experienced guys uh, in the house outside of Casey Escola, um, as he had uh, he, he holds a victory over. Uh, George Sotoropoulos, as well as uh, a draw with uh, Bellator champ Hector Lombard in his career. Um, but he had been upset uh, in the quarterfinal round um, by Chris McRae. Actually, both of these fighters lost to Chris McRae in consecutive rounds in the Ultimate Fighter house. So uh, it's a good fight for both guys. Um, Bryant impressed with... Uh, uh, a couple of his victories on his way to the, the semifinals. So um, all of these guys on the prelim card will be fighting for a chance to stay in the UFC going forward. As always, the UFC brings in a number of guys to the Ultimate Fighter finale, and depending on how they perform, um, that determines how many will uh, will stick around in the organization. So, um, you know, this wasn't the most terrible season ever. They brought in another... 1.6 million viewers on average for last night's show. Uh, they're up almost 20% across the board from uh, the Ultimate Fighter 9, which took place this same time period last year. So the numbers are good, and uh, you know the, the show was not the worst um, version uh, of, uh, of the show that they've done. Um, and definitely there were a lot more good fights as compared to the heavyweight season last year. So, you know, they kept the numbers up throughout the season, had a, had a decent audience, and, just, um, you know, it's just a um, good showing overall for, for the most part. Uh, some other news. Um, Mauricio Shogun Hua underwent um, knee surgery following his bout with Leota Machida at UFC 113. Um, Dana White revealed that today, and uh, he's in Las Vegas doing all of his therapy, and uh, he'll be there for the next five weeks. Um, White was quick to not deny the report from Franklin McNeil at uh, on the ESPN Live pre-show at UFC 113, where he said that Hua had injured his knee heading into the fight. Um, White said that he needed the surgery after the fight, that he got hurt in the fight, uh, and says that he has a knee problem now, and he's gotten it fixed. He had the bad knee after the fight. So, um very quick to say that it was not um, an issue coming into the fight with Machida. Uh, nevertheless, he won that fight, and it's just going to delay his uh, um, eventual title defense against Rashad Evans. I still think there's a good chance that it happens in September. You know, uh, this surgery and the subsequent recovery may um, put a damper on that prediction and may force it back further, but the way that their schedule is set up right now with the UFC 120 event in London, and then uh, the rumors that they're heading to back to Germany for 121 in November, um, 
you know, this, I, I don't see this light heavyweight title fight taking place in either of those countries on either of those cards. So, um, if it doesn't take place at 119 in September, it's going to take uh, an extra event plugged in between what they've kind of got tentatively scheduled right now, and I don't know what they've got set up for that. Um, some Strikeforce news. The Strikeforce Challengers 9 card, um, three fights have been confirmed for the main card. The organization announced today that it'd be headlined by the heavyweight bout between Shane Del Rosario and Lolo Heamahi. Um This is a fight that was originally scheduled for next Wednesday's Strikeforce Los Angeles card, and it's now getting plugged into the main event slot on this, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because they still have a women's 135-pound championship fight between Sarah Kaufman and Roxanne Modafferi on this um, on this event. First off, I still don't understand why this fight is what this fight is doing on a challengers card. Um, it's a championship fight. It's not a challengers up and coming fighter uh, fight. Um, you know, uh, Roxy Modafferi has only appeared in Strikeforce once, and she lost that fight. So at, at this point, it's um, a situation where even though she's won two fights out of the organization, is coming in off, on a two fight win streak. The Strikeforce fans that saw her in Chicago saw her get beat in a minute, and Sarah Kaufman um, is coming off of a five-round decision victory that wasn't really exciting, but at the same time, um, Strikeforce should not have a, a title in that division right now. They don't have the, the fighters built up through their shows to sustain the division. They obviously don't uh, hold very much, I mean, the belt doesn't hold very much weight right now because they are putting on a heavyweight fight between guys that have each appeared in the organization one time each. Um, and Mahi is coming off of a uh, TKO loss to LeVar Johnson um, in his only appearance in the organization. And somehow that fight is getting top billing over a championship fight featuring um, a woman in Kaufman who has fought on four straight challengers cards. I, I mean, this booking decision makes no sense at all. Um, I, I mean, Del Rosario and Mahi does not make sense whatsoever as a headliner. Um, you know, Del Rosario is a good, a good young heavyweight, up and coming, um, exciting fighter. But to be headlining this card over Sarah Kaufman is a complete joke and a very big misstep on Strikeforce's part. Uh, I, I think it shows clearly where that division sits in their eyes and where Sarah Kaufman sits in their eyes and. Um, I don't think it's a good idea when you've got a champion fighting not only not in the, on a main card and not only on a challengers card, but not even in the main event of a challengers card. It just it does not make sense, um, at least with the belt that's ahead of it. I can understand if you had a more pressing challengers fight, uh, something that was uh, two guys that were more established than Del Rosario and Mahi. Mahi especially. Hit, I mean... That's his inclusion in this main event rubs me the wrong way. I understand putting Del Rosario in, in, in that slot because uh, he's a guy you want to build and uh, a guy that can definitely um, do a lot of things as he continues to, to move on in his career in Strikeforce's heavyweight division. But at the same time, I mean, it, it just it doesn't make sense to have Mahi in this fight in a headlining fight after he just lost a headlining fight in his Strikeforce debut. So, 
Um, that's my rant for today. The other fight on this uh, main main card should be definitely an exciting one, uh, as Abongo Humphrey will face off with Mike Kyle in a light heavyweight fight. That one definitely has um, all the makings of a slugfest, so um, that, that should be some good stuff. That's all I've got for today. We are um, just um, less than two days removed from uh, the UFC 115 uh, card on pay-per-view on Saturday night. Um, less than 48 hours from that event, and uh, should be a good one with Rich Franklin and Chuck Liddell in the main event, and uh, some very exciting fights on the main card. So uh, tune in for more coverage of that tomorrow and Saturday as we head into the uh, head into the fights. And as always, check back for our live round-by-round coverage of the event as it airs on Spike TV and pay-per-view. Um, should definitely be a, a, a good card, and I know there will be a lot of you out there that are not uh, tuning in. Um, they've been in your money for UFC 116, uh, but if, if you tune in for this one and, and you plop down your 50 bucks or head to a sports bar or head to a buddy's place to watch this fight, uh, I don't think you're going to be disappointed with the event. So uh, once again, uh, thanks for listening in. This is Jamie Fennec signing off.